And tonight we're going to discover that Jesus was made a curse so that we might receive the blessing instead. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd rather be blessed than cursed. Amen. Now, I'd rather receive all of those things that God has for me. This exchange that took place actually takes us from the curse of sin to the blessing of Abraham. And it's what we're going to look at this evening. This this divine exchange that took place on Calvary's cross takes us from a life of defeat to a life of victory. It takes us from a place of great sorrow to a place of great joy instead. It takes us from a life where there is no hope to a life that is filled with eternal hope instead. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. That's just a few of the blessings that are bestowed upon us through the work of Jesus Christ on the, on the cross. Without Jesus, we would be under a curse. But with Jesus and through Jesus, we receive every blessing and have every blessing mentioned in Scripture available to us. So, like I said, I'd rather live under that blessing than live under that curse. And tonight we're going to find out how we received it and how we apply it. The one thing that you need to understand for every one of these exchanges to take place in your life, for us to appropriate every single one of these divine exchanges, there is one prerequisite. We must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We must have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ before we can even appropriate this exchange in our life. The reality is, unless you have a relationship with Jesus, you can't be blessed. The understanding that you have to have, uh, unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can't have peace with God. It's all of these divine exchanges. You can't have peace with God without Jesus Christ. You can't have supernatural physical healing without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't become the righteousness of God without Jesus Christ. You can't have life and life eternal without Jesus Christ. And you can't enjoy the blessings of Abraham. Without a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, what we have to realize is not everyone will receive the blessing. Not everyone, church, will be blessed going out and blessed coming in. Not everyone will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Not everyone will be blessed when they lie down and when they rise up and when they walk along the way. Because not everyone will go to the cross. Because not everyone will come to this place where they yield themselves to the work of Jesus Christ at Calvary's cross so they might receive the fullness of God's blessing. It's why I said, in order for you to receive the fullness of these blessings, we must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not everyone's going to receive and believe. Not everyone's going to receive Jesus Christ, and not everyone's going to believe in the work of Jesus Christ. But for those who do... For those who believe in Christ and receive Jesus Christ, for those who believe in the wondrous work of the cross of Calvary, they are the candidates for the the blessings that God has in store for them. That's what we're going to look at tonight. We have to understand that without the cross, there is only a curse. There is no blessing. Without the cross, church, we are, we are, or without the cross, we remain under the curse uh, of sin and the, the curse of the broken law. What we have to understand is that through sin and through disobedience in the Garden of Eden, which was, how many of you know that sin is simply breaking the law? Sin, according to God, is the breaking of the law. And in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve broke the law. And when they broke the law, the curse came to life. And now everyone after them suffers from the curse of that broken law. 
I don't want to get too teachy tonight, but I'm laying the foundation to give you an understanding of where we are. After Adam and Eve sinned, they brought us under a curse. But this exchange restores us to a place of blessing. It restores us to a place of right relationship with God so that His blessings can flow into our lives. The reality is, Galatians 3.13 tells us that Jesus became a curse so that you and I might be blessed. The reality is Jesus Christ became the curse. He took every curse upon himself on the cross of Calvary so that the blessings of Abraham might be released into our lives. I'm going to tell you all about the blessings of Abraham as we go. But I want you to understand that Jesus became a curse so that you and I might not be cursed and so that you and I might receive the blessings of Abraham. Remember, after Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 1.28 tells us, that God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. Understand that the very first words that God spoke over his creation was a blessing, not a curse. The very first words that came out of God's mouth, other than when he said, let there be light and let there be this and let there be that. He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything that we see today. And after he created, he spoke and he blessed his creation. The very first words that came out of God's mouth was a blessing. And what you and I need to understand is that that is part of God's desire and design for his people. God's desire is to bless you. God's desire is to cause all good things to come into your life. God's original divine design was nothing but blessing. There was no such thing as a curse in the Garden of Eden before sin. God's original divine design was to just continue to pour out blessings upon His people, to cause all good things to come into their life, like He promised to bring into Moses' life. And it's what God desires for you. The reality is God doesn't desire to curse you. God desires to bless you. I know the plan I have for you, says the Lord. It is a plan to bless you and not harm you. It is to give you hope and a future. You see, we, we have to understand that that's got part of God's design. That's part of God's plan. But, but, when Adam and Eve sinned, they messed that up. When Adam and Eve sinned and broke the law of God, they brought in this curse. And unfortunately, you and I have to deal with that today. It's why we need Jesus Christ, because without Christ, we are cursed. This world is cursed. This world is, does not receive the blessings of the Lord. This, this world cannot partake of the blessings of Abraham because they are living under a curse. Before you came to Jesus... You were cursed. Before you confessed your sin and offered your soul to our Savior, you were cursed. And the reality is sin has that power in our lives. And without Jesus Christ, we live under that. But with Jesus Christ, we are set free from the curse and we are able to receive the blessings of Abraham. God's design is to bring all good things into our life and we have to understand that. He opened his mouth. And he spoke a blessing upon his people. And one of the things that I want us to learn from this church is that every time we open our mouth, we too have the power to bless and we have the power to curse. 
The Bible tells us that in the tongue is the power to bless and the power to curse. Every time you open your mouth, you exercise the power to bless someone or to curse someone. Every time you open up your mouth, you have the power to make a, you, make way, to make a way straight or to make a way crooked. Every time you open your mouth, you have the power to build up. Or you have the power to tear down. You have the power to bring victory. Or you have the power to bring destruction. You have the power, the Bible says, in your tongue to bless and to curse. I thank God God chose to bless His creation and not, not curse His creation. And we should learn from that. Now, our number one goal every time we open up our mouth should be to speak a blessing. To speak a blessing over our children and speak a blessing over our spouse. To speak a blessing over our boss and our co-workers and even those who, who do things uh, to abuse us. We should speak blessings, church, because when we speak... Listen, the reality is, if we are sons and daughters of the blessing... We should be fathers and mothers of the blessing as well. If we are the recipients of a blessing from our Father which is in heaven, and we receive His blessings and sons and daughters, we should be mothers and fathers of that blessing as well. That's our responsibility. That's not part of all of what I want to teach you this evening, but I want you to understand that blessing, blessing, blessing is part of God's design. It's part of God's design to come into your life, and it's part of God's design to come out of your life as well. You need to understand, if, if you're not operating in blessings, if you're not operating in blessing, you really don't have the power to do the will of God in your life. If you don't have the, the power of God's blessing flowing out of your life, you really don't have the power to touch the world. You really don't have the power to touch the lost. You really don't have the power to let your light so shine. You really don't have the power to be salty where you should be salty if you don't have the power of God's blessing flowing through your life. If you're under a curse or you operate through the curse, if you're, you're nothing but a sour patch... You can't produce blessings in the lives of someone else. We need to learn that we have to allow the blessings of God to operate through our lives because it's part of His divine design. How many of you know it's a good thing to be blessed? You see, the Bible tells us that after God created, in verse 21 of Genesis that we just looked at, or 31 rather, after God blessed His people... The Bible says he looked at all that he had created. He looked at everything that he had done. He looked at the work of his hand and he looked at the very thing that he just blessed. And he said he saw that all that he had blessed and done was very good. How many of you know everything God does is very good? How many of you know it's a very good thing to be blessed? God blessed them, it says, and he looked upon what he blessed and all that he saw he said was very good. The reality is, it's a very good thing to be blessed. How many of you know it's a good thing to have power over the enemy? How many of you know it's a good thing to be the head and not the tail? How many of you know it's a good thing to be the above and not the beneath? How many of you know it's a good thing to be the victor and not the victim? It's a good thing, church, to rule and reign. It's a good thing to have God's goodness and favor bestowed upon your life. It's a good thing to prosper and succeed. It's a good thing to have victory come into your life. It's a good thing to be blessed. 
God understood that, and we need to understand that too. We need to understand that as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we should be walking in a blessing. We should be walking under His blessing. And any time, listen, I hope you understand that you can be a child of God and still be affected by a curse. The reality is there's generational curses. There's curses that someone that hates you can try to bring upon you. There's curses that the devil will try to loose on your life. And what we need to understand is that we have the power and the authority through the work of Jesus Christ in this divine exchange that took place on Calvary's cross. We have the power to rebuke that curse and overcome that curse and have victory over that curse. Why? Because Jesus became the curse for us. So that through him we might receive the blessings of Abraham in our life. Amen. Amen. You see, the devil will come at you and tell you, you don't deserve that blessing. And you don't deserve this blessing. And you don't deserve that blessing. And you know what you can say? You can say, I know I don't deserve it. But because of the work of Jesus Christ, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because of this place called Calvary, and because of the fact that Jesus became a curse so that I can be blessed, I curse you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ, and I receive my blessing. Amen. You see, this is what we need to do, and we can't do it unless we understand this divine exchange that took place on Calvary's cross. You'll always wonder about the authority that you do, that you have a right to. God blessed His people with authority. We'll learn this. He made them the head and not the tail. He made them the above and not the belief. He made them to have victory. It's part of the seven blessings that are outlined in the Word of God and part of Abraham's blessing. We'll look at it. But it's a good thing to be blessed, church. How many of you know there's no better place to be than in the middle of God's blessing? No better place to be. Some of you have been out of God's blessing just like me, and it's a horrible place to be. There's no better place to be than in the middle of God's blessing. Remember, God placed Adam and Eve in the middle of a blessing. He created the garden, the Bible says, and he put them in it. I hope you get that. God has a blessing waiting to put us in. He created the Garden of Eden, and the Bible says he put them in the middle of that blessing. He didn't put them in it until he blessed it. He blessed everything he created. He put them in it, and then what did he do? He blessed them as well. See, you need to understand God is a God of double blessing. You need to understand that God came, or Jesus came, that we might have life and life more abundantly. Please grasp this. When He put them in the Garden of Eden, He surrounded them with blessing. But that wasn't enough. He, he put them in the middle of everything good and everything perfect, but that wasn't enough. He wanted to double bless His people. So He said, look, it's not enough for you, church, to just be surrounded by blessing. It's not enough for you to just have all good things around you. I'm going to bless you too. I'm going to put my blessing inside of you as well. You see, the reality is, the truth is, you can be surrounded by blessings your entire life. See blessings here. See blessings there. See blessings, but, but not understand that you are blessed as well. You are blessed by the hand of God and by the work of Jesus Christ. And we need to receive the fullness of that blessing. 
I believe with all of my heart that the house of God is filled with individuals that are surrounded by blessings, but they have not received the fullness of the blessing in their life. It's why that they're still defeated. It's why they still suffer with depression and why they still suffer with so many of these other things because they have not received the fullness of God's blessing and don't understand the fullness of that blessing in their life. We'll look at that as we go. God created all of these things. He put them in the middle of the blessing. He blessed them as well. And he said it was good because everything God does is good. How many of you know God doesn't do anything halfway? God doesn't do anything half-hearted. God doesn't stop. God doesn't not complete what he starts. The Bible says that when he speaks, he acts. When he promises, when he, he fulfills. And that he's faithful to complete every work that he starts, church. God started a work in you, and he's going to finish it. God started a work in me, and he's going to finish it. God started a work in your spouse, and he's going to finish it. God started a work, I don't know how long ago, in your son or in your daughter, who you're wondering when they're ever going to come to Jesus Christ. But he started a work, and he will finish that work, because God finishes what he starts because everything God starts is good when God speaks a blessing over your life you don't have to worry about it you don't have to wonder about it you just need to receive it and no matter what things look like God I trust your blessing God I trust your word God I trust that the work of Jesus Christ was enough to bring the fullness of that blessing into my life it's what we have to understand all of, the thing, all of these things were good, the Bible says, in chapter 1. But unfortunately, two chapters later, things weren't that good anymore. In chapter 1, God looks out upon all of His creation and every... Oh, and it was very good. But two chapters later, things weren't that good. How many of you know, boy, things can change just like that? Boy, we can be on the top of the mountain one moment... And the next, it seems like we're digging out from under it. That's just the way the devil works. And it's the way the devil worked in Adam and Eve's life, too. One minute they were in the middle of a blessing. One minute they were the head and not the tail. One minute they were the above and not beneath. One minute they were ruling and reigning. One minute they had a kingdom. And the next minute, two chapters later, they were kicked out of the garden. Because they sinned. And because the curse then was released into their life. And unfortunately, you and I are suffering for that today. You and I are suffering the curse that was released in the Garden of Eden. And the only way back to our spiritual garden of blessing is through Jesus Christ. It is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not in keeping the law. It is in Jesus Christ. Listen, I'll touch on it again later. But you can be the goodiest of goody two-shoes there is around here. But without Jesus Christ, you still can't be blessed. The reality is, you can, you can try on your own to keep every single one of the 600 blessings that were recorded, or, or, or laws that were recorded by Moses. But if you miss one of them, you mess them all up. You can live all holy and righteous for 364 days out of the year, but if you mess up on the last day, you're guilty of every single day. It's why we need Jesus. We cannot receive His blessings on our own. We need Him, church. 
We need them for life. We need them for health. We need them for righteousness. We need them for forgiveness. We need them for every single one of these things that we've looked at so far. And we need them for every one we haven't looked at yet. We need Jesus. Can't do it on our own. Remember, God spoke to Adam the law. God spoke to Adam the law. It wasn't necessarily the law of Moses, but God spoke the law to Adam. He said, Adam, of all of this stuff that I've just created, of everything you see here in the Garden of Eden, of all of these trees that are bearing wondrous fruit, of all of these you can eat freely. I won't stop you. You can eat as much as you want. It's a smorgasbord. It's like on a cruise. You can eat any time you want, all day, all night. Yes, it's all yours. But of this one tree... Adam, this one tree, whole garden is yours, but this one tree right here, you can't touch. Because as soon as you eat from this tree, the Bible says you will surely die, Adam. The reality is there in the middle of the garden, God placed before Adam a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey and a curse if you disobey. And we know what they did. They chose the curse. Maybe they didn't purposely choose the curse, but they purposely chose to disobey. You see, those things go hand in hand. You can't, well, well, God, I didn't really, I didn't choose the curse. Yeah, you did. Because it was very clear from the very beginning. Do not eat from this tree because if you do, you will surely die, the Bible says. But they chose to disobey and they disregarded the concept. How often do we do that, church? We disobey disregarding the consequences, and then we get all offended by God when He begins to discipline us for doing what's wrong. The world does the same exact thing. You've been there, I've been there. But the reality is, again, listen, it's why we need Jesus, to help us, to help us overcome the law. Jesus overcame the law. We'll look at that as we go. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But in the middle of the garden, God placed before His children a blessing and a curse. And we know what they chose. And as soon as they broke the law, they lost their blessing. As soon as they broke the law, they lost their place of, of favor upon the earth. As soon as they broke the law, they lost their rule, they lost their reign, they lost their authority, and they lost their kingdom. All of the things that God had blessed... He then cursed. He blessed the ground. Read it yourself. He blessed the ground and then he cursed the ground. The blessing turned to a curse. And we suffer for that same exact thing. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a little bit more as we go. But in the Garden of Eden, as soon as they broke the law, the blessing turned into a curse. And this curse came, like I said, through sin. But Jesus came to return us to that place of blessing. Jesus came to return us to our spiritual garden of Eden or our spiritual garden of blessing. Jesus came so that we might be returned to that place of authority, so that we might re be returned to that place of, of, of favor upon the earth. How many of you know that through Christ you are highly favored? Through Christ, 
This is not a proud thing or this is not an egotistical thing. The reality is, listen, we are the children, the sons and daughters of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We are the sons and daughters of the highest of the highest kings and the greatest of the greatest rulers and the, and the strongest of the strongest uh, soldiers. We are the sons and daughters of the King of the universe. Don't tell me we're not highly exalted. Don't tell me we're not highly favored. That's not a proud thing or a haughty thing. It's a thing. It is, it is who we are as sons and daughters of God. The devil will try to tell you different because the devil knows as soon as you learn that and as soon as you begin to live that and as soon as you begin to operate in that rightful place that has been assigned to us as his children, he has no power over you. He has no power over you. But we have to appropriate that position into our lives. And the more we begin to understand these nine exchanges that took place on the cross of Calvary, listen, we get a better understanding of who we are. We get a better understanding of who we are, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. And that's why we begin to boast in Him. I boast in the fact that I am favored because of Christ. I boast in the fact that I have authority because of Jesus Christ. I boast in the fact that I am the head and not the tail because of Jesus Christ. I boast in the fact that I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Those are the things we need to grasp and grab a hold of, church. Listen, what we need to look at, there's a second incident that's just like this one in the Garden of Eden. God says to His children, place before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing comes if you do this. You'll rule, you'll reign, you'll multiply, you'll do all of these things. But if you sin, if you disobey, if you walk in your own ways and not my own, guess what happens to your blessings? They disappear and you live under a curse. He says the same exact thing to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 26 to 32. Same type of setting. He, God speaks through Moses to the people, to his children, and he says, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and the curse if you disobey the commandments of the Lord your God and turn from the way I commanded you today and follow other gods which you have not known. Moses was saying you can live under a blessing or you can live under a curse, but the choice is yours. That's what Moses or God was saying to the children of Israel through Moses. You can live favored or you can live frustrated. You can live victorious or you can live defeated. You can live prosperous or you can live in lack. You can live productive or you can live barren. You can live fruitful or you can live empty. And I could go on and on and on. But the reality is what God was saying to his people I place before you today a blessing and a curse, and the choice is yours. He said it to Adam and Eve. He said it to his children. He, he really says the same thing to us today, too. Place before you today a blessing and a curse. Listen, not to get too far ahead of myself, but you know what our blessing is? Our blessing is Jesus. Our blessing isn't the law. Our blessing isn't the word. Our blessing isn't the ordinances and the statues. Our blessing aren't two mountains, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Our blessing is Jesus Christ. If you accept him, you're blessed. If you don't, you're cursed. 
See, what we have to understand is God uses the same terminology. Everything that took place in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of things to come. Everything about the Old Testament always points to Jesus Christ. And any reference God makes in the Old Testament, any symbol, any, any story, any, any example that He gives, any word that He speaks, it always points to Jesus Christ. When He took the children of Israel and He led them into the, into the valley of Moab just before they went into the promised land, He took them into the valley of Moab just outside of the promised land, and he speaks these words. See, I place before you today a blessing and a curse. And they're looking out, what, what he says I place before you, they're looking at Mount Gerizim, and they're looking at Mount Ebal. They're looking at the mountain of blessing, and they're looking at the mountain of curse. And the very first thing they had to do, according to the command of God, was that when you enter into the land to possess it, he said, you will climb these mountains... And you will pronounce my blessings, and you will pronounce my curses. Now remember, how many? There's three million, two million people. Half of that had to climb up Mount Gerizim. And they had to shout from the mountain all the blessings of God. And they echoed through the land. The other half had to climb up Mount Ebal, and they had to pronounce the curses that would come upon those who disobeyed the word of God. And he says to them, see, I place before you today a blessing and a curse. Today, God places before us Jesus Christ and the world. He places before us a blessing and a curse. He places before us a way to victory and a way to defeat. He places before us a way to truth and a way to lying. He plays, places before us a, 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 a blessing of victory and a, and a promise of defeat. Do you understand what I'm saying? He places before us today. Today it is Jesus and the world or Jesus and Satan. I place before you a blessing and a curse. And unfortunately, a lot of people, they take this route. They take the wrong route. And they wonder why blessings aren't coming into their life. They wonder why all things are falling apart. They wonder why they're the tail that's being wagged by someone else their entire life. They wonder why they're pressed down and and pressed under. And they can't seem to get out from under their burdens or anything else. Because they have not chosen the blessing of Jesus Christ. They've chosen the flesh or stubbornness or whatever else you might want to call it. But this is where we're at. And this is what we need to understand. No, see if I lost my place here. As the people looked, as the people looked out towards these two mountains, Moses spoke those words. See, I place before you today a blessing and a curse. Blessing if you obey my word, a blessing or a curse if you turn away from it. And again, we have to understand that God places before us the same exact thing. The reality is, listen. What what God asked the people to do back then is the same thing that he asks us to do today. He charges the people to choose which they would have. He charges the people to say, okay, make a choice. Joshua said the same thing, if you recall. He said, choose this day whom you will serve. Joshua was the one that took the place of, of Moses, if you remember. Moses speaks this. Joshua speaks the same thing. Moses said, look, I place before you today a blessing and a curse, and you've got to choose which you want. You've got to choose what kind of life you want. You've got to choose whether you want to live under the blessing. Joshua said the same thing. Choose this day who you're going to serve. Because if you serve God, you'll be blessed. If you don't, 
you'll be cursed. Today he says the same thing. I'm placing before you a blessing and a curse. And what we choose determines the kind of life we live. You see, the reality is every single one of us live under a blessing or a curse. Every single one of us will live under Abraham's blessing, God's blessing, or we will live under the curses that this world brings upon us through disobedience. Just like Adam and Eve had a choice to obey or disobey, and just like the children of Israel did, so do you and me. Unfortunately, we are living under the curse of the law or the broken law. Here's what I want you to realize. When you hear in Scripture, when it talks about the curse of the law, I don't want you to think that the law is a curse. Because the law is a great thing. This is the law of God. This is righteous. This is pure. This is holy. This leads us into truth. This shows us right from wrong. There's nothing wrong with this word. This word isn't a curse. Please understand. When he talks about the curse of the law, he's talking about the curse that comes from breaking the law. He's talking about the curse that is attached to the law when the law of God is broken. But we also have to realize that we can't keep the law all on our own. You can't keep all 600. That's only Old Testament commands. There's no way you and I can keep all of those. I don't care how righteous you think you are. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you sing, dance. I don't care how much you fast. The reality is the Word of God tells us that no one can keep the entire law. If you could, guess what? You didn't need Jesus. If you could keep the whole law, Jesus wouldn't have had to shed His blood. If you think that you are, uh, you're going to go through your entire life without breaking the law, you're a fool, the Bible says, and actually it says you're a liar. You can't live according to the law. You can't fulfill this, but you know what you can do? You can embrace Jesus Christ. You know what you can do? You might not be able to keep the whole law, but you can keep Jesus first. You may not, you may not under, you may not be able to embrace the, the fullness of the law, but you certainly can fully embrace Jesus Christ. And when you do that, understand it's when you do that, you break the curse. When you do that, you receive the blessings. When you try all on your own, I know so many people try their whole Christian life. If I could just stop doing this, if I could just stop doing that, if I could just start doing this, if I, if I, like the powers in me, if I could just do this, if I could just, if I could just accomplish this little box of laws and rules that are set forth by whoever, then I would be blessed. No, you wouldn't. You'd still be cursed unless you got Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is, I've been there in my early Christian life. Oh, if I could just do this, if I could just stop this. But the reality is I can't do it without Jesus Christ. Because when the day comes that you stumble and the day comes that you fall, you need someone to pick you up. You need someone to get you past the curse. You need someone to get you back into right relationship with God. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. It's why we need Him, church. And it's why He offered Himself on the cross so this exchange could take place. So He could take the curse that was due to you and me and give us blessings instead. How blessed we are, church, sometimes, and don't even know it. 
How blessed we are sometimes and don't act like it. How blessed we are sometimes and don't talk like it. How blessed we are sometimes and don't dance like it. And don't clap like it and sing like it or preach like it. Or listen like it. How blessed we are as the sons and daughters of God and don't even realize it, church. Listen and understand me. Jesus was punished so we could be forgiven. Jesus was wounded so we could be healed. Jesus was made the ugliness of sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. Jesus died our horrible death so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. Jesus became a curse. Because cursed is everything that hangs upon a tree, the Bible says, so that you and I might be blessed. I don't know if you understand how blessed you are, church. We wander into the house of God. Sitting there like lumps on the log sometimes, thinking, thinking, God still owes me a little something. Woo! Before I start dancing. God owes me a little bit more before I get a little excited. God's still got to do something before He's worthy of my praise. Listen, you are blessed, church, and blessed beyond measure because of Jesus Christ. Listen, please understand, we are at peace with God because Jesus made a trade. We are healed because Jesus made a trade. We don't have to walk around under guilt and condemnation and with a soiled soul because Jesus made a trade for you and me. You have to understand, church, that we are living and moving and breathing and have our very existence because Jesus made a trade. And we are blessed beyond measure because Jesus went to Calvary's cross and He made a trade. That's how blessed we are, church. He became a curse so that we might be blessed. And we've got to remember that every single day. We've got to remember that every time we go into the Word of God. We've got to remember that every time we go into the prayer closet. We've got to remember that every time we call on God. We've got to remember that every time you're in turmoil or every time you're in a storm or every time you seem to be surrounded by the enemy. You've got to remember that you are blessed. Because of Jesus Christ. Listen, the devil will do everything he can to talk you out of your blessing. Do all that he can to destroy your blessing. It's why we must hide ourselves in Christ. So that we can be blessed. The reality is there's no way to acquire Abraham's blessing without Jesus Christ and without the cross. There's no way to be restored to our spiritual garden of blessing without the work of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ. So what is Abraham's blessing in the last few minutes for me to close? What is Abraham's blessing? Genesis 24.1 tells us that Abraham was advanced in years and that the Lord blessed him in all things, the Bible says. You see, the reality is not one area of Abraham's life was exempted from God's goodness or exempted from his blessing. He blessed Abraham in the field and he blessed him in the city. 
He blessed Abraham when he rose up every morning. And he blessed him when he lied down. And he blessed him when he walked along the way. He blessed him when he went north. And he blessed him when he went south. He blessed him when he went east. And he blessed him when he went west. He blessed him when he stood still, church. The Bible says he blessed him in all things. There was not one area of Abraham's life that was not touched by the blessings and the goodness of God in his life. And the reality is Christ made that same blessing available to you and me. If you look, church, if you look at Deuteronomy, I don't have the time to read all of it, but I encourage you, read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because verses 1 through 13 will outline the seven types of blessings that were released into Abraham's life. I will tell you those types of blessing. The rest of the verses, church, especially from verses 15 on to the end, I believe it's 68, tell us the seven types of curses that come upon those that aren't blessed. I encourage you to take the time to read it, but what I want to focus on now is give you an understanding of what Abraham's blessing is. As a son and daughter of God, as a child of the Most High God, as a a servant of the King, I want you to understand that when you have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you understand that the blessing doesn't come from you, but it comes through Christ, these are the seven types of blessing that will come into your life. Write them down. I don't know if I have them up on the... I don't know if I made a slide for those or not, but there's seven types, and I'm going to take time to look at them real quick. The first type of blessing, church, is a blessing of personal exaltation. Not pride, not not haughty glory or haughty honor, but that is one, personal exaltation. A second type of blessing listed in these passages is a blessing of reproductiveness. And I'm going to explain these in a second. The third is health and strength and vitality. The fourth is prosperity and success in everything that you do. The fifth is victory over your enemies and victory in every circumstance and conflict you find yourself in. The sixth is being the head and not the tail. It's a written blessing in the Word of God, and it was a blessing of Abraham. And the seventh and final type of blessing that numbers of blessings fall into is being the above and not the beneath. Every blessing that was ever bestowed upon God's children fall into one of these seven blessings. Every curse that you will read in verses 15 to 68 fall into seven types of curses as well. And if you study it, you'll find that every curse is the opposite of the blessing. The reality is when you read this, though, there's a lot more curses than there are blessings. Because, the, the, the see, the reality is... The Bible tells us that when when... I don't want to get too theological on us, but the farther we go in generations, it will be visited upon us seven times, the Bible says. When when we sin, that that, that sin can be visited on our generation seven times greater as it goes. The Bible actually tells us that when we got sin and a mess in our life, and the Holy Spirit comes or God comes and He tries to clean up that mess in our life, if we don't keep it clean and don't keep Christ Christ in there, the Bible says that the devil will come back seven times worse. He'll he'll wreak seven times more havoc than he did the first time that he showed up. I think that's a reflection of why there seems to be so many more mentioned curses than there are blessings. But here's what I want you to understand. The first blessing, before I close, the first blessing that was offered by God to Adam and Eve 
first blessing that was offered in God by God to Abraham, the first blessing that was offered to, by God to the children of Israel and to you and I as well, is a place of personal exaltation. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2, it says, The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. How many of you know that's a good place to be? Set high above all the nations of the earth. You see, the reality is, I'm not talking about a place of uh, personal prestige here. I'm not talking about uh, God putting you in a penthouse suite on Fifth Avenue. I'm not talking about this personal place of vain glory that, that, that God's going to bestow upon His children. What I'm talking about, church, is a place of spiritual honor. I'm talking about being seated in heavenly places. I'm talking about being recognized as an asset to the kingdom of God. I'm talking about, church, being given honor because honor is due because of our right relationship with God. That is the first blessing that comes into our life. It is a blessing of personal exaltation. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, He gave them a position of personal exaltation. They had rule and reign over everything, over all the earth. God spoke the same promise to Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He was the leader, the head of many nations, the Bible says. Said the same thing to the children of Israel, and He makes the same promise to you and me. When you and I are in Christ Jesus, guess what? We will be seated in heavenly places. When you and I find ourselves in the vine, in Jesus Christ, we will find ourselves in a place of exaltation above all of the enemies of this earth. It's part of the blessing of Abraham. The second blessing is one of reproductiveness. Being fruitful and productive in every area of your life. Spiritually fruitful, financially fruitful, relationally fruitful, mentally fruitful, creatively fruitful. And even physically fruitful. The reality is every area of your life and every area of my life should be bearing fruit. You should be, you should be gener- you should be fruitful in your relationships with your spouse, with your children, with your neighbor, with your bosses, your co-workers. You should be fruitful in that. The reality is you should be spiritually fruitful. You should be demonstrating spiritual fruit and growth in your life. Financially. If you are in right relationship with God, I'm not saying there's never going to be tough times. But what I am saying is if you are in Jesus Christ and you have broken the curse over your life, you should be producing financially. You shouldn't be suffering lack your entire life. I'm not talking about riding around in a BMW and wearing all kinds of bling bling. I'm talking about not having to suffer lack every single day. Now, see, the reality is, listen, if you are, if you find yourself in that place, if you are a son and daughter of the Most High God, if you have confessed your sins and are in right relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and there seems to be some kind of attack upon your finances in your life, it might not be because of sin. It might simply be because the devourers come in and you need to rebuke them. You see, the reality is, children of God, like I said, we should not suffer lack all the time. And if, if we're not being productive in some of these areas of our life, we need to examine those areas seriously and say, Okay, God, first, is there anything wrong in me? Is there is a sin? Is there, is there a compromise? Have I, have I done anything to grieve you? And if it is, God, forgive me and release me from that curse. It might be, God... It might be that you just have to, you have to uh, come against whatever attack the devil is bringing against you. 
You might have to speak against that curse that's coming into your life. And again, remember, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have the power to do that. As I close, those are like the two, two first blessings, two categories of blessings. Again, health, strength, vitality. The, the, another one is prosperity and success in all that we do. As part of the blessing of Abraham is to be successful in everything that we do. When we set out in this venture, we're blessed. When we set out in that venture, we're blessed. When I set my hand to do this or I set my mind to do that, we should be blessed. As children of God, we should expect that. And if anything tries to get in the way of that, we need to exercise the authority we have as the sons and daughters of God and claim that promise in our life. God, you've called me blessed. Through the blessing of Abraham, you've told me that I, that I should be productive in this area of my life and there's something standing in the way. So I call on the power of heaven to move that obstacle out of the way so success can come into my life. So that I can be productive. Look, if, you're, if you've got a mess in your marriage, don't, don't think that's God doing that. The enemy's trying to get in there and he's trying to cause your marriage to be unproductive. And you need to take authority over that. And you need to say what God has put together, no man is going to tear apart. You want me to be fruitful in this marriage. You want me to be productive in this marriage. So I rebuke the devourer and I rebuke the enemy. I, I rebuke the breaker of bonds. I rebuke it. You understand what I'm saying, church? We have to understand this divine exchange and begin to appropriate it in our lives. Those are all of the blessings. And I close with this. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the blessing came through the keeping of the law. In the Old Testament, the blessing came through the keeping of the commands and the statutes and the ordinances and all of those things. That's where the blessing came from in the Old Testament. But you know as well as I do that no man can keep the law. It's exactly why God set up the sacrificial system in the first place. Because he knew that man couldn't keep the law. And the only way that they could be blessed was to have a way out from under the curse. The blessing comes through the keeping of the law, but when I break the law, guess what? I'm cursed. So I got to go make sacrifice every single year in the Old Testament so the curse is removed and so I might come back under the blessing and the cycle goes all over and over again. How many of you remember that everything in the Old Testament, especially the sacrificial system, pointed to Jesus Christ? Just like... The Israelites needed a sacrificial system to bring them back under the blessing. We need Jesus Christ. We don't need the law. We need Jesus Christ. We need the only one who can fulfill the law. Please understand as I close, the law was broken. Man sinned. We came under the curse. The only way to reverse that curse was to find something that could fulfill that law forever. And that was Jesus Christ. It's why Jesus became the curse. Because he was the only one that could fulfill the entire law. He's the only one that could take that curse and conquer it at the cross and conquer it at the grave. And when he did and he said that it is finished, guess what was made available to us? The blessing of Abraham. 